Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And, uh, well, as I always say, I just get excited about Sunday mornings here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and God's glorious kingdom. And um, today is show number 900. And 39, I'm getting close to that 1,000. And we do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And, uh, well, that's kind of the way we do it. And I'm just excited about having an old friend back in the studio with me. Actually, he's not back in the studio because he'd never been on radio with me before. But this is Pastor Steve Branch, and he used to pastor here in the Big Bend area of Florida, but now he is in Bluefield, Virginia, pastoring Destiny Outreach Ministry. Brother Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Pastor. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. <laughs> what a blessing to be back in the Big T. That's right. We used to uh, have this thing where he was the regional uh, youth director for the Pentecostal Holiness. Yes, sir. And I was the regional youth director for the Open Bible Church as a Southeast region. And so yes. so we would, like, if Brother Steve knew of a camp someplace, he'd call me and tell me about it. If I knew about a camp someplace, I, we just shared information. We just kind of worked that way, didn't we? That's how it has to happen every time. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And Brother Steve came many, many times to speak for us at youth camps. And I believe you did Sunfest too, didn't you? I, yes, yeah. that's the one that got the pig squealed on me. The pig squealed You remember on what you told that day that you said that somehow that I was driving down the road and I... Uh, that uh, that I got pulled over at the the hotel. Do you remember this one? No. Oh, let me tell you, Jack. <laughs> I never forgot it. You have ingrained me. All you right. said that, and I was like, okay. I mean, I, you know, I was like that. Uh, that police pulled me over at the hotel and said that, sir, you you hit a, a pig down the road, and I'm like. I didn't didn't realize I hit a pig, and I said, "Well, how do you know it was me?" And you looked and said, "Because it squealed on you." that's coming back to oh, me. Oh, it's coming back to you. Oh man, that was a hoot, man. We had a blast that time, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We oh, did. Was some, some good times, yeah. Jack. Well, the thing about it is that uh, your heart and passion for young people was always very evident to me, and it still is, yes, even though you're yes. what we call the senior pastor now. Ooh, senor. Yeah, lead pastor or something. But, but I don't the know. thing about it is that when you have a heart for youth, that never leaves you. I mean, no. when you just love young people. Because the thing about it is that not everybody does. Yeah. I mean, it's not that they don't hate them. They just, they just don't have a heart and passion for them. Yeah. But I do, and I know you do. And, yes. and, and uh, it doesn't matter how old I get. The, in, in the generations, the trappings change a little bit, but in the heart, they're the same. All the same. And uh, they love uh, affirmation. And, uh, yes. and basically, I say this. If you love them, they'll love you back. You better believe it. Red, <laughs> yellow, black, and white. Yeah. And there's so much going on in the, this generation today. It's just kind of mind-blowing to watch them. Uh, and what the turn with the youth, uh, and, and I know I mentioned this to you all ago, God has really opened the door. We do celebrate recovery uh, in our church, and it has been just amazing. Uh, we, we, of course, now CRs, any, any, anybody with any hurts, hangups, or habits, but it has been something we've been working out over 15 years with the probation office, and they can go to NAAA, Celebrate Recovery A. That's my day. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to squeal on you this time. Right. But we do a lot of outreach, uh -huh. and it's, it, has been, um, it has been slamming, man. It has uh -huh. been so much fun to watch God's hand work and to let people know there's hope. Because I always use, I always give people a hope test, and they look at me like, "You, th I think you're on drugs, Pastor." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, okay, here we go." I said, "But you know, put your hand in front of you and blow," and they kind of look at me like, "Why?" I said, "Just do it. Would you just, just please me? You know, please me." And so they did, and I said, "You know, as long as you have breath, you have." hope. Uh -huh. The thing is that you have to understand as long as you have that, Ecclesiastes 9.4 says as long as you have breath, you have right. hope. Now, now you, you were here in the Big Bend area, so yes, you're probably yes, familiar yes. with Rosalind Tompkins. I, I'm not familiar with the name. I'm sorry. I have, I, I've been out uh, over, okay. I don't know how many years, but Rosalind years. Tompkins, that, that was her expression. As long as, there's, long as there's breath in your body, there's hope. Wow. And she has a ministry called Mothers in Crisis. Oh, really? Awesome. No. But, but now, I had her on the radio show here not too long ago. And she has actually petitioned the Congress to make the month of April as the National Month of Hope. Wow. That is awesome. And she refers to herself as a hopeologist. 
Wow. And uh, I said to her, I said, well, Sister Rosalind, I said, uh, uh, why, why all of this? She said, because there's a crisis of hope oh my in our land. And I said, well, what do you base this upon? She says, look at the suicide rate. Oh, yeah. And oh, when she yeah. said that, I said, you're absolutely right. And this is, those, this yeah. is Mental Health Month, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and suicide prevention. And, and, and you know, the sad thing is, is that um, seen in the ministry. I mean, and I'm afraid that a lot of times people come to our churches and they're afraid to even say, I'm hurting or I have, I'm depressed or I right, have anxiety right, right. because they're, gonna, they're afraid that, and I shared this. I did, I did a teaching several months ago on mental health, and I said, you know, it's a shame and a disgrace that people feel like they cannot come to a place of safety and say, I am hurting uh-huh. without being, you have, you know, you have a, a, a spiritual problem, you don't have faith, right. you, you've sinned, right. and that's not the case. Right. And, and I think the church ought to be the safe haven of people to come in and be loved and ministered, and, and they're hurting. They're hurting out there left and right. That's why the drugs, they're, sub, they're substituting, and I, was, I, was, I had a guy teach the other day uh, sharing about triggering and sharing about things in the brain and how the, the, they call it the lizard part of our brain and, and how it, it, it's instincts instead of compared to what we, God has created us to think and how like meth, uh, crystal meth, meth, LSD, and uh, opioids, it substitutes for relationships. Mm. And, and, and that's the problem with some of our you know, people, that, and they feel isolated. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, they burn every bridge. We know that. Yeah, but. because what happens is they look at people and they say, well, look at that person. seems so spiritual, and I can't live up to that. I know. And so as a result of it, you're right. They don't, they don't want to let on. <laughs> if, well, if somehow or another their life is not perfect, they wouldn't want somebody else to know. Well, I have been a saran wrap, and I know that I scared a lot of our people a lot of times. But I've come to a place in my life I really don't care anymore. And I don't mean that in a bad <laughs> Way. Right, right. But I mean, I, sh- I, I, I shared one morning and I says, um, another series I have a problem with. Well, that morning it was I have a problem with addiction. Uh-huh. And I stood up in my congregation and said, Hi, I'm Steve Branch and I have an addiction. It was like bug eyed. And they were like, What? <laughs> and I'm like, Hi, I'm Steve Branch and I have an addiction. And they kind of looked at me like, What in the, you know, Pastor, what are you talking about? I said, My addiction is acceptable though. See, my addiction is food. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot quit. Uh-huh. And I said, and I shared my heart. And people came up to me and said, "Thank you, Pastor," because I think they look at the pastor up there and they, this guy is so perfect and he can walk. You see, the, Jack. The only thing I know we're not supposed to touch, touch anything doctrinal, but I found out the other day that the only thing that I cannot do is take a shower. See, because I'm so spiritual, the water divides. You know, talking about Jack. Hi. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Jack? <laughs> you know, you just got to come to a place that somehow we've got to get. And that's the problem, I think. We don't want to be real because we're afraid that people are not going to like me. And I think right, that's right. a shame and it's there, disgrace. You just nailed it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Because you're afraid that people are afraid of being rejected. Or they're going to afraid yeah. that people are not going to like me. Like, my son is on drugs. Do you realize how many people, families are being racked by drugs and we're sure. holding that secret in and it's killing us. Yeah. And it's it's separate. And if they could just if they would just open up and say, I have a son or daughter that is on drugs and I've raised him in church, he knows better. And it's not that you failed as a parent, it's not that you failed as uh, not godly enough. He made a bad choice and a bad decision, Jack. Mm-hmm. And 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 if they would just open that up and they will know there's a whole lot more out there that are out there with them, with the celebrity recovery or other groups support to help them right. because yep, it yep. is a burden to carry that load and, yep. and try to come in and you're so spiritual on Sunday but you're broken on Monday and, right. and and it's like their family is like just broken apart God wants to restore it. as you said this victorious yeah. church it's coming back but the thing about it is that this is what the church is for oh it, it, yes. it, it, it's to support one another that, yes. that, that's why we were a part of church. I think maybe that's forgotten a lot of times. And uh-huh. maybe uh, the people get the idea that you put on a facade, you go to church, don't really get involved. But the thing about it is that the scripture talks about that if you hurt, I hurt. We all. All to be that way. Right, right. And, and the, if, if we love, we all love. I mean, if we're, one rejoice, we all rejoice. We should. Yeah. And I, I tell you, Pastor, I know that, again, um, I start a service because where I'm at, there's some awesome people. And a lot of, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but sometimes religiousness because they're concerned about your hair or this. And, and, and that's not everybody. Right. 
So I start a service by saying, hello, I'm, I, I welcome you today to Destiny. I don't care if you're tatted to the max, you're pierced up with you, whether you're red, you're, red, you're yellow, you're black, or you're white, what you have on or what you don't have on, whether you're rich or you're poor, don't care today, any of that. You know? And then I look and I say, listen, if you're looking for a perfect church, it's down the road because we're not it. I said, we got all we are here and we, right, what we have right. to offer you is we're just a bunch right. of broken people that God has put back together. Yeah, there's, a, there's a billboard or was here in town that uh, a church advertises that no perfect people people allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the truth is, is that that perfect church that's down the road you're talking about, oh. that's that's not really real. No. It, it, because the truth is, is that church is a place of refuge. And yes, if you're broken, that's where you need to be. Yes. Now, the thing about it is, is will every church embrace the oh, broken? Oh, that is and, a key. And, and that is, it is, it's a huge issue. You yeah. think about William Booth back in the days when the, before he, he called it the Salvation Army in, in England, and he, when he got saved, he wanted to go down to the, to the places down the, the lower part of the city uh-huh. and, and bring them to church but the problem is they smelled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the people up there at the church up uptown, they they weren't really big on, on that. So he decided, well, I'll just go to where they are. Yes. Well, okay. That's great. Because the thing about it is that they needed the gospel. That's exactly it. I think about during the days, and I, I think we're probably about the same age. But, uh, 25. Okay. <laughs> when the Jesus movement Oh, hits, yes. When the yes, Jesus movement yes. hits. I was in Pensacola. I was in the Navy at the time. And uh, went to a, a church that was a traditional Pentecostal church. It was independent. And uh, Pastor Gene Atkins, he embraced when the when yeah. the when the Jesus people showed up in Pensacola, he embraced them. Yes. And uh, they just built a brand new building. And uh, people in the congregation were upset about these kids coming in there barefooted and wanting to sit on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and Brother Gene said, "I don't care if they sit on the floor. I don't care if they hang from the ceiling." They're going to hear the gospel. <laughs> and that's the way, you right. know, and again, that I think that we've forgotten our commissioning of, of really what the church ought to be. It's not a place that we are uh, executors of our, all the judgment. It's, it's that, that uh, God is love. Right. And, and, and it, yeah, you know, the, the balance is how do you love people but yet condone their sins? And someone say, well, you're condoning their sins. No, God loves the sinner. And, and that's the balance that we have to have. And yes, there's consequences, but God's love is greater. Right. And He can forgive and right. heal you and deliver you. I mean, we're reaching out to drug addicts, and we just had, and I, and I just shared with you, we had one young lady who just passed. Uh, I got the message this morning. Uh, she passed about three o'clock uh, this morning. It wasn't drugs, praise the Lord, but had a lot of physical problems. And a lot of these guys are struggling. And, and we make so many barriers for people to even come into our doors. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, we had a church up where I'm at. Uh, they handed out a they handed out a questionnaire. Here's a, here's part of the questionnaire. Do you have a tattoo? I'm like, listen. Why don't you get to the real matter and let's talk about this person who's hurting, right? And, and show them no, Jesus. No, 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 no. Back up here for a minute. The, the, a church? A church. A church. A church. And somebody was wanting to visit? Or? They visited, and when they walked in the door, they handed them a piece of paper and asked, had a questionnaire and asked them to fill it out. Really? And that was on there. I can't imagine such a thing. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's craziness. But, you know, we, we right. wrestle with the hair and the pants oh, yeah, and yeah, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And I just think that there's yeah. more to the gospel than, you know, somebody said one time, well, you know, Jezebel, her problem was was makeup. No, she was a manipulator. Right. And and then I told him, I said, you know, and they said, makeup is not the sin. The makeup is not the sin. Because my I know that because my wife says Mary Kay. So, <laughs> so I'm very popular there. Oh, whoa. <laughs> but the thing about it is that what people have to know, and I'm talking about the person who's the drug addict or, or whatever. Yes. Is that they are they are spiritual, even though they don't realize it, because yeah. it, we're all spiritual. Yes. But the thing about it is that people are not aware of it. And so it's, it's, it's that reality that when they come to the, to the reality that they are spiritual and that God is spiritual and they can have a connection with God. Yeah. When that reality hits. <laughs> wow. God begins the process yes. of turning everything around. Yes. So, so we're not going to be able to do that. No, you know, because, that's the trouble. Yeah. We have tried, and it, right. and it, what's happened is is so many people think I can I can will this like drug addiction. I can will it. You can will it for a while, 
but then it gets right. so big because that's flesh. That's exactly. And that's exactly it. what Jesus talked about when he talked to Nicodemus and when he talked to the woman at the well. He talked about this flesh thing; it's not going to work. No, it has to be a spiritual happening, a spiritual awakening, and that's what we seek. Yeah. <laughs> To make people come to that awareness, I think the thing, and, and I, this is some of the issues that I've shared, you know, up there, and and it's one of them is our our generation today is trying to make instead of we're trying to think somehow the calendar is going to dictate to us the morality of God's word, and we're not going to be judged by the calendar. We're going to be judged by what His word says, and uh-huh. I know some people don't like to hear that because it's we're in 2019. This is different. And it's not, and, it, and we have to understand and step back a second and say, God is not doing it because he hates us. He's trying to protect us. Mm-hmm. And, and he loves us that much with our, our, our uh, intimacy with him and one another and the different things that he's given us. And, and I think the thing is, is somehow we're trying, instead of him being our, we're trying to go into his image, that we're trying to make God in our image. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, if it feels good, do it. If, if you, you know, it's okay, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the... The yeah, that's what they said back in the 60s, oh, and, and that, that no, hasn't worked out no. real well, has it? Oh, no. No, 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 no. And it's funny how, how that, you know, of course, during my day, when when I was young, and of course, that was a big thing, you know, the, the whole uh, rev- revolution and yeah. uh, feels good, do it, all that sort of thing. And now we've come full circle <laughs> because if you, if you do it now, you're going to get sued. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but the it's word. funny. It's yeah. funny. The same generation that was that was saying, "Oh, it feels good, do it." Are now the ones saying, "You better not." <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> because we found that there's consequences to oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever you do. There's always consequences, but but in those days, didn't seem to think that there were. No, no, no. Yeah. I, and and that's the thing. And again, I, 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 please forgive me. I, that the the I lost a brother at 52 with an overdose of cocaine. And my father came to live with me, and when he did, I didn't realize it, but he had full-blown Alzheimer's, oh. and he died a few years ago. Um, you know, you know, it's a passion, this youth, and with what God put in me. I would never dreamed of what I'm doing now when I was doing what I was doing here. I loved it. I felt so comfortable, but when I... Got up there, it was completely. I, all I asked God for when I got up there, Pastor, is two things. I want to see these people as you see them, and I want to love them as you love them. Right. You know, we kind of uh, just kind of jumped into this and really didn't bring our radio audience along. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, guys. <laughs> no, this is my job. You know? Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, but uh, this just to kind of bring you up to speed. First of all, if you just tuned in, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I live here in Tallahassee, Pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. Brother Steve Branch is my guest. Used to pastor Faith Heritage Church Quincy, over in Florida. Quincy, Florida. Yes. For what, eight years, I think I, you said. I was thinking eight, eight years. years. Yes. And then uh, you were also the regional youth, uh, you, you didn't call it a risk. CEM you called director. District. Yeah, yeah CEM director yeah. for the state of Florida, parts right. of Georgia. And, and then, then God called you away from Faith Heritage yes. to go to Virginia. Apopka. Well, I went well, to Apopka for four years. Okay. And we had like 202 churches and over 29,000 people. And then God called me up. I've been in Virginia for 17 years. No, wait a minute. Go back. <laughs> the 200 churches 200, that you, you were overseeing or as far as youth? Two churches, yes. Youth youth camps, camps, okay. and so many different things like that. And okay. about 29,000 people. Right. And some people looked at me like, why did you do, why are you going up there? I said, because God... When I was 15 years old, I told God, I'll go where you want me Amen. to go. I've, I've said that same thing. And I, you know, I can't stay here. Right. It's not that anything's wrong. So so you uh, resigned as the district uh, youth uh, director? C, yes, sir. C director. And, uh, but you thought, boy, this is this is my calling for life. This, this is what I love. Oh, I love. Yeah. 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 Great yeah. people. See, Great I, people. I, I so identify with that because yeah. 2012, God called me out of the regional youth director here of the Open Bible Churches. I loved it. I loved it with yeah. a passion. And I kept saying to, to my district guy, I said, I'm not smart enough to know when it's time to quit. Yeah. <laughs> because I loved it so much. But it's, it comes a time. Yeah, yeah. So to. God has something different to do. So you go up to Virginia to take a church. Yes, sir. To pastor a church. Yes, and, and I'm just going to, what you told me before we went on the air. The church is only about two or three years old. At that time, it was about two, maybe less than two years old. Yes, okay. sir. And a uh, very small town. Yeah, between two. <laughs> no, we're between two small towns. <laughs> okay. And uh, 
the congregation, I guess maybe a, a mixture of people who'd kind of been in the faith a long time, solid, kind of give you some uh, what we call structure, yes, but with a heart to reach the lost. Very much so. Awesome leadership. Yeah. Passion for reaching the lost. Our children, we have a children's pastor. We have a youth pastor. Again, my passion. And I, I, what I love, I always try to commend our congregation because, I, as you said, people sometimes, well, we don't want, they're going to they're gonna hurt a wall. Listen, a paint is more cheaper than a soul. You can paint a wall, but you can't put pack a child that's been hurt. Right. You right. know, so, uh, you know, and we had people just like that. It had that kind of heart. Matter of fact, we just got through paying off a, a million dollar gym and praise God for that for the community and right. for our church okay. and for our, our families. And uh, that's the kind of people we have. So, so you, you, your church has very strong with outreach. Yes. And, and, and uh, so how do you, what do you do? What are some of the outreach things that you well, do? Well, again, some of the things are youth or children, but uh, we have been plugged in now for over 15 years. We work with the judicial system. Say that four times. We, um, they came to us and we work with the court system that uh, we work with the probation office and so that we go into the probation office and share Celebrate Recovery. Uh, we probably have touched thousands over the years. Okay, celebrate Recovery. And I've heard yes. of that. Oh, know, yeah. Tell us about that. Celebrate Recovery is a faith-based support group. And it's a 12-step program for anybody. And now, it's happened that it opened up some of the doors for us with the drug addiction. Because we are in the area that we are on that little corner of southwest Virginia. We are probably, they say that we are the highest death rate of overdoses on Oxycontin or overdoses in the whole state of Virginia. Now, we're talking Hampton, Virginia Beach, and all those areas. Uh, it is epidemic. Do they have any idea why? Well, some of it's because we're near coal mines, and some of the coal miners get hurt. They've dumped in Oxycontin, Oxy, and... Um, and some they used to call it hillbilly heroin. Then they bring in they're bringing in from Detroit. They're, there's so many different paths coming through there. They're looking because sometimes the jobs with the coal mines closing, a lot of the addictions there, and um, I mean there's so many different things, family structures, and it's just right. so many things. Course, if if they're working in the coal mines and like say they're they're injured somewhere or another. Oh yeah. This stuff is very addictive. I mean, from what I understand, it doesn't take much. Do you? Now here's a crazy question. Pastor Jack. Yes. Do you, beside me, do you love Krispy Kreme donuts? Well, I try to stay away from them. Now, gone, uh, uh, honest <laughs> truth now. Let me, dude, when, when I see that hot now sign, I don't know about you, I push old people out of the way. Get out of the way, woman. You know what? They banded me from two Krispy Kreme donuts because they wouldn't let me ride on that little sugar glaze really? thing. You know? really? Oh, yeah. You know, get out. They put my picture. This guy, do not let him in. But you see what I did, what I just did for you, and those who are listening by you know radio, um, I just played with your dopamines. Uh -huh. I got you up to about 260. You're thinking about Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> now, watch this. The first that, that was sneaky. Oh, yes. But watch this. I got you up to about 260. You're thinking and you're starting to slobber about a donut. <laughs> How that you don't even have to chew it. You can uh -huh. just inhale it. You know, straw it. Boop. There right. you go. A dozen down the hole. But see now, the, the thing is, is somebody with the first hit of Oxycontin, it goes up to over 660. Wow. So now now that's not the that's not the big one. Watch this one. Wow. The first hit of meth. Not methadone, but crystal meth, meth, cook meth. It goes up to over 12 to 1500. Wow. So a lot of those guys who get hit with meth, they're running it up or whatever. And here's the sad thing. They're always chasing that first high. Right, right. And they'll never get it again. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. So they keep changing it. And here's another thing that what a lot of people don't realize, especially if you have a child or somebody that um, has been addicted. And they've been addicted since, like, say, 12, 13, 11. A lot of our guys up there, not all of them, a lot of them have, are being addicted and have tried drugs and gotten addicted in middle school. Oh, my goodness. In middle school. So we're talking 11 years old now the thing is what I, i'm finding over these years is that a lot of these guys um their emotions freeze at that age that's why they can have relationships that's why they can't they don't understand a lot of stuff that and they're either going to do one of three things they're going to flee fight or freeze most of them they cannot handle pressure so they're going to flee huh so they're going to and i had a lady that had passed and her husband and i knew both of them and they came to our church and she had died i don't i don't know i don't know all the circumstances but her husband was high as a kite. 
And his mother chewed him out. I was at the funeral home with the family helping make arrangements. She chew- I was on the phone. I was listening right here. She was chewing him out saying, oh, you know, you ought to be here. Da, 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 da. And I mean, and then she said, and here's Pastor Steve. I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> so she handed me the phone and I, I called his name. I said, bro, are you okay, dog? He said, man, I'm hurting. I said, I know you are. I said, listen, we got this, man. You just you do what you got to do. I said, and I looked at his mother, and I didn't scold her. I looked at her, I said, ma'am, let me tell you a secret. I said, he will be good to be here at the funeral. Uh-huh. I said, because he can't handle it. Yeah. And he couldn't. And uh-huh. he was so high, he didn't know where he was at. Right, right. And so, pastor, that's the, that's the compassion that the church has, and we should have, to, to help. But is there any way for them to get free of that? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, no question asked. No questions because I, I've, I've got people. I got one little girl up there, and I'm not going to tell any names. I don't want it to come back. But I got one little girl. She's been she's been dirty for 30 years. God's cleaned her up. She's uh, she's been clean now for 18 months, and she was living on the streets for eight years in Atlanta. But now she's gone from Atlanta and the streets, living under the bridges, to a place in up there where we're at at a house. Huh. God has provided. I got another young girl. She overdosed on I don't know what she overdosed on, but it so cleaned her mind out. I'm this is crazy. That she overdosed and and her sons and daughters, her son and daughter walked into the closet and saw the needle in her arm and they called and it whatever she took cleaned her out to the place that she couldn't tie her shoes, she couldn't open a door, she couldn't turn a water faucet, and she couldn't do none of that. And now, three years later, on September the, I mean, October the 19th, we're going to have a big celebration. Right now, we only have about 200 to come, and, but we're calling it a celebration, a recovery celebration. So we're going to have a, uh, we're not going to have a bonfire, it's been so stinking dry, but we're going to have a time of people testifying about wow. their addictions. Wow, so right great. now, we have over 200 yeah. signed up. But this girl, that night, will be celebrating three years from wow. when she wow. was, had that, that happen. And matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I know this is not going up there, but uh, Matter of fact, we just uh, hired her uh, part-time in our office. Uh, I couldn't be any more proud of her. Wow. And we got one girl, she's eight years clean. We got one dude now. And I'm telling you, uh, here's, the, here's the danger. When these dudes get off this mess, and then they, if they relapse, uh, they think they go back to where they came from. That's when they get troubles. Now, today on the streets, man, they're, they're cutting this mess. Uh, and I didn't realize this, that some of these guys were telling me this. They said, you know, something like the heroin, that it loses potency. Because I said, how and why are they cutting this stuff with fentanyl? Fentanyl is like three grains that can kill you. And it's horse tranquilizer. Uh-huh. And car fentanyl is, a car fentanyl is elephant tranquilizer. And it's less than that. And, and so what they're doing is they're cutting, they say, because heroin, it, it loses potency as the more they cut it. So that's why they add fentanyl. And I thought, I would think if, you know, you know, hey, I got somebody just ran up a, a line over here and they died because of fentanyl in this heroin, which I've had it happen. Wow. And, and wow. you know, and the thing is... All of a sudden, they got the fentanyl over here, and I said, I would think that these guys would be, you know, that hey, don't go over here. This guy, no, they're they're heroes on the street because they got the good stuff. But now, so you, I mean, you're seeing all this stuff. Oh I mean, yes, I mean, you're, firsthand. You're 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 down there. You're the you're the good Samaritan. You're going down uh, in the ditch. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. Just showing. Because somebody asked me in a church one time, they said, "How can you love these guys?" And and I looked at them. I said, "You know how." They said, why? I said, because I got my father's eyes. Uh-huh. That's all I ask is, God, show me these people, whoever it is, show me, and then let me love them as you love them. That's all I ask for. But, uh, but your congregation is, is kind of, as I said earlier, you, you've got those who came out of that type of oh, structure, yeah. but then you've got your people who have just been in church all these years. Yes. And, and your church people, they just receive all this. Buddy, Yeah. I mean, there's some it's not, and I understand, and that's fun, and I tell them that, and that's fun. I listen. We we are a unique church because I can tell them all day long how much I love them, but I'm not in the seats with them. Uh-huh. I'm not the one hugging their neck, saying we're glad that you're here. Right. And right. yes, we've had other uh, persuasions of people coming in, and people love them. And I said, and 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 to to know what God has done, 
and right, is doing right. in their lives. That's the that's the beauty because yeah. I can say I love you, but God has given us, and I know that in our house is a, a spirit of restoration. I've seen ministers fall; they come back, and we've seen them restored. And, and there's such a restoration yeah. there of love, and that, that people will love them come back in. The, but that is unique. It, 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 to uh, me, it, it's, it's, it's ministers should be. I, I remember one time seeing a video of a of a church a pastor, and I, I, I know the pastor. Uh, it's in Athens, Georgia. Okay. And uh, he had a, a table set up on the platform, had a bunch of people in there. And in every one of those that were there, they were part of his church, had all came out of the situations that you've talked yeah. about. I'm talking about a whole church full of people. And it was the greatest thing. Just They, they just, there in that video, they different ones were just sharing a little bit about their experience. Yeah. yeah. One after another. And here, here now you, you had this church that was uh, growing and, and just a nice church made up of people. You would who, never know it. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing. We think, so. we, I was sitting down at a restaurant after we did um, Celebrate Recovery one day, and there was like five or six of us, and there was like three or four young ladies that we had, beautiful young ladies. And we were sitting there, and a couple of our guys, we just got through the class, and these ladies came walking up, and they sat down at the table next to us, and we were cutting up, and she said, I think I remember you, because you were talking about Jesus and everything. I said, yeah, we just got through Celebrate Recovery down here, and, 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 and I said, matter of fact, you've got four testimonies sitting right over there. She said, what do you mean by testimonies? I said, let me point them out to you. So I started saying, this young lady has been clean for eight years. This young lady has been clean for 16 months. This young lady, and I started, and they looked and they said, but they're so beautiful. Right. Because we think a, a drug addiction is ugly. Uh-huh. You can hide it. There's doctors, there's lawyers, there's there's professionals out there who cover it every day. Yes, that's you right. You would never know. You're right. You're right. And that's the, that's the thing that we have to understand. It has no creed, no color. It don't care. Right. Matter of fact, we have a page, and I, I don't know, and I know you said something about a song, and I'll ask you off the air about a promoting something real fast but we'll yeah. i'll talk to you later about that yeah. so but thank you this is awesome thank you for it's like, good to be here I, uh, man this is awesome uh, that, that's, like I said, we're just getting reacquainted really because hey, we, we've known each other for a long time but he's been in virginia and so uh uh of course so that's getting awfully close to god's country up there because you know i'm from kentucky so <laughs> oh yes pastor jack yes you are right take a left at where that's we're right. at left right. well you know one time kentucky was part of virginia yes yeah, years years ago that's, that's way before my time you can tell me about it later okay <laughs> anyway it's just good to get to Acquainted with oh, you. this just, is awesome. Just to hear your heart. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, well, I just enjoy Sunday mornings being with you. And I hope that you're planning on going to church today. I'd love to have you come worship with us at Freedom Road. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're right across from the federal prison. We're in storefront over there. FRCM.us is our website. You can check that out and uh, bring the family. We love having visitors at Freedom Road Christian Ministry. And if you like Southern gospel music, such as I do, then I would invite you to join me on Saturday. Saturday nights on 94.1 on your radio dial. That's Wave 94 for a full hour of Southern Gospel music hosted by me. It's uh, 7 o'clock. Tune in. This is Saturday Night Gospel Singer. Have a great time on that show as well. And also the daily broadcast. It airs here local on 94.1, 11 o'clock. It's five minutes of the word. And, uh, well, just love to have you tune in and enjoy good gospel music, good gospel talk, and, of course, the Word of God. If you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps maybe you'd like to be a guest on this show. I'd love to have you. If you're involved in Christian ministry, call me, 567-1703. That's my cell phone. And also... Don't forget my good friends, Robin and Jim, AAA Constant Comfort. They've been helping me do this show since I started back in 2002. Do heating and air conditioning. They are the best. 893-9566. All of those good things. And also, one other thing, these shows are podcast. You can find it on the podcast. If you want to listen to this show, it's 939. And it'll be on the podcast probably next week sometimes. You can check that out. Brother Steve Branch, I got down here, Steve Bear Branch. <laughs> yes! yes Boy, him, I haven't heard that in a while. Him the, they don't call you the bear? Up no! The, you know, you're the one who told me that. I know, that's yeah. the thing. Somebody walked up and one's like, hey, bear. I'm like, oh boy, I hadn't heard that in a while. I'm trying to be the more like the cub. I've been trying to lose two people. <laughs> 
So my, my golden life is to be a barcode at Sam's. I don't know. Yeah. Stick my tongue out and be a zipper or well, something. Well, you'll always be bare. There to you me, go. To me. Yeah. Oh, thank I'm, you, I'm Pastor. And I remember when you had black hair, too. Oh, thank you. I'm just you, glad I have hair. Yeah. So who cares? Well, you know, uh, my son, you know, he's kind of gotten got a slick up there. Oh. See, he got my wife's side of the family. See, that's where the where those genes come from. But see, my side, the kings, we all have hair. Oh, yeah. It's not those queens. I feel you. Go ahead. Oh, Pastor. Yeah, it's great, though. Oh, goodness gracious. But uh, yeah, this has been some interesting things that you've been talking about, about, about the uh, the people who are dealing with addictions and things like that. And God's called you to that. And I just, I just, I'm always amazed. The different people who come here on the show with me and, and uh, they talk about their passion, what God's doing in their lives, the things that they're doing. And, and I said, well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that God put that on that person's heart. Yeah. Perhaps maybe that's not my calling. Yeah. But, no problem. but then sometimes I find out that uh, things that I didn't think were my calling, <laughs> God has a way sometimes yeah. of bringing things into your life and you find yourself involved in things you didn't think you'd be involved well, in. Well, I think the thing, Pastor, is that I realize you know, what has helped me there is I realize that we only have one piece of the pie. Uh-huh. One little piece of the pie. Uh, we, we don't have a food bank because we just don't have room. Uh-huh. I mean, and it doesn't. But I have a friend of mine who does that with excellence. And, and, that's his, and, and, and he, then let's support oh, him. Oh, you talk about passion. Yes. He loves that ministry. Instead of yeah. trying to, and that's what I Absolutely. found up there, yeah. we try to reproduce everything. Yeah. No, listen, you're doing no. a great job. Let's support you. Absolutely. Who gets the credit? I agree with Jesus, that. let's go. I agree with that. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's what has limited the, yeah. the impact of the body of Christ yeah. in our communities and our land is because we've been more concerned about it. No, I'm I'm doing it. No, no. I don't care. Look, listen, just yeah. do it. I, we're doing CR. Is everybody going to do CR? No. Right. Does that make them good, bad? No. Well, it's called reinv- don't reinvent the wheel. Exactly. Well, mean, if, that's if, our passion, and that's yeah. what God's called us to do. Yeah. But listen, we got this one guy that's called Bluefield Union Mission, and they do an awesome job. We support them. Mm-hmm. We, you know, when they do things, we, you know, we because, listen, we're, in, we're all part of the family of God. Absolutely. And we've got to realize, yeah. I think that's what's limited us, because we're so afraid, oh, they have a... They have a different shingle than us, Pastor Steve. <laughs> I, I had a meeting. We did a march down uh, down there. So that, was, uh, that didn't sound good, did it? We did a march. Hallelujah. We burned everything down. And yes, yeah, sir, Brother Jack, we had a good time down there. But yeah, man. No, we had a, we had a march for our community. Huh? Not against it, but for it. And, um, and when we got down there, I asked. We had all kind of different denominations. I said, how many of y'all believe in Jesus Christ? Every hand went up. I said, how many of y'all believe in Jesus as the Son of God? Every hand went up. I mean, we have all kind of different denominations, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, whoever. I said, how many of you believe that he's the Son of God and born of the birth? Every hand went up. I said, how many of you believe he died and rose again, coming again? Every hand went up. And I said, that's what we need to build on. Yeah. Not if you sing, you like country songs. Not if you like more contemporary. That's okay. Right. You'll reach people we can't. We'll reach people Absolutely. you can't. That's but together, the body of Christ grows. Yeah. And, and you think about all of these different parachurch ministries and oh, how, yeah. how vital they are and, and the wonderful work that they do. Oh, and, yes, and, uh, yes. Uh, and I, as, like I say, passion to me is, is, is absolutely imperative in ministry. Yeah. Because if you're not passionate about what you do, you're not going to be everything that you can be. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, I, yeah. But I, but I talk to people. I mean, so many different ones that I've had here on the show. And just, just I just, I'm just amazed that they're called to do this. These yeah. people who love to go to the jail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they just, well, they just get excited and their eyes just light up about, they go to the jail and they, and they minister Christ in the jail. And I said, thank God for that person. Amen. Uh, these, these uh, ladies at the uh, Women's Pregnancy Center, they, they've I had them on the show several times and, uh, and this just their passion for the babies and the yes. and the unborn. It's just I just love the the fact that God puts these things in people's hearts Amen. and He gives them a passion mm-hmm. and and a love for people in all different Amen. aspects of life. And uh, I had a brother on here not too long ago that uh, the, their their heart was was men getting out of jail because when they get out of jail, oh, yeah, what do you where, where do they go? Where, yeah, they got to get reestablished in life, institutionalized. And, and he was sitting there talking about this, and it was just tears in his eyes. And he was talking about how that him and his wife went and mortgaged their house to buy this little hotel. Wow, that they could they could house these men. Is that not awesome? <laughs> and it's just it's just powerful. Yeah. It's just powerful that the, the the things that God will lay on people's hearts to do. Yeah. And what's amazing about it, if you'd ask them, did you 
10 years ago, did you ever think you'd be doing this? And they go, no. <laughs> Never even occurred to if me. If you'd asked me 17 years ago, would you be doing what you're doing? No. It has, because I didn't go after it, I went after Jesus, uh, it has put me shaking hands with a governor, being called by senators and congressmen. I never planned that. Uh-huh. I never I, judges. They, I never, never dreamed of that. I never had the passion. For, I just want to. But I, let me ask you this. Yeah. When when they came to you, said they came to your church. The, uh, the, 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 the what, probation officer. Yes. They came to your church and they said, uh, Pastor Branch, you got something we want to talk to you about. Yeah. What was your first thought? Well, they first they asked me because uh, we've been we started celebrate recovery. And they asked, well. Um, do you have anything to mentor? Because they started a drug court, and it's now beginning coming across the nation, and that is awesome. Some of these guys, they can go through, and ours at least in Virginia, you can go through drug court and if you have a felony, and you know it depends that you're not a violent person, you're not all these different things, but you can get your felonies erased. Because I sat there one day and I was speaking on, I was speaking on uh, resentment, and out of nowhere this hammer knocker looked at me and says, "I resent you." I said, do? What up with that, doll? And he looked at me and he says, I resent you. I said, resent me for what? And here's what I I learned. He said, "Um, because you don't have to check the box. And I looked and I said, what box? I was so young. He said, what box? He said, the box on the back of every application that says I have to check that I'm a felon and I won't get hired. And I looked down to some of the big dogs in our community. I said, do you realize the box? They didn't know about it. I said, do you realize they can't get food stamps? They can't get, they can't, and at least in Virginia, housing. They can't get education. I said, then what are they to do? They're going to go right back with it because those guys still want them. Uh-huh. They want them back there in the streets, man, and they'll take them back. But I, we've got to make it more accessible that these people, like you said, like that right, person, right. we've got to make right. it more accessible because when they come out of jail, they're institutionalized. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And, and they're, they're, they're hoping, and, and that's what I'm saying, I, that we've got to put something together and, and to help these men and women because they don't want that. Yeah. I've looked at so many drug addicts, and they looked, and they cry in my arms and on my shoulders. I had one just sob and say, I never wanted to be like this. Uh-huh. I said, I know that. Yeah. And, and listen, I almost quit a couple times. I mean, I came so close. I had a friend of mine. I, he was a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. And he was an alcoholic. I took him to rehab. I took him everywhere I could go. And one day I got, I called him. I would talk to him some three, two, three times a week. And, and I called him, and, and Annette didn't get an answer. And I called again, and the, and the person said that this, this friend had passed. Huh. And um, that was a tough shot. And then, you know, and I looked, and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It hurts too much. These, right. And because and, and, the thing is, I get people call me a lot of times and said, hey, I want my grandson to get in your program. Well, my, it's not a program. It's to, it's a support that uh-huh. we you're going that we need to encourage and get around you and help you and build a community around you and help you through this stuff. It's, it's a winnable battle. That's the good news. It's winnable. And and the, and and I I didn't mean to be rude, but this grandmother was oh my grandson wants to come to your program and, and I said ma'am can I ask you a question she said what I said um, is this more for you or for him uh-huh. and she looked she said what I said can I ask you a question if he's so desperate for help how come he didn't call you see wow. most of us want it for somebody else yeah, yeah. it's got to be their choice that's, that's the frustration but I you know, can't make it for them but you know what occurred to me a few minutes ago when you talk about that to talk about choice yeah it goes back to somewhere along the line they made a bad choice very that, bad that, that, that got started and it's just it's, it's a continuation of bad choice on top of bad choice on top of bad choice yeah so, we go back to the work that you were doing when you were in Apopka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the work that I've done for years and years and years, talking to young people, trying to get them to not make that first bad choice. Prevention is a whole lot easier than recovery. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. But, but you, you've had your heart broken just like I have. Oh, yeah. Because, we've seen it. Yeah, as, as much as we've talked to them. And and then you you see them a few years later, and you go, are you here? You talk to a, a, a grandparent or a parent, and you go, well, what happened? So and so, and they just kind of lower their head. And you yeah. go, and, and of course that's one of ours. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. when, when we we've, we've seen them, like with you and I both, with youth camps and youth conferences, we've seen them since they were little. We we've helped raise them. 
Because yeah. I've had a lot of parents tell me, so, well, Pastor King, help me raise my kids. Oh, I know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. And then, then you hear about they made the choice that we told them again and again and again. And then, but Paul say it, you know, the things I didn't want to do, I do them. The things I do want right, to do, I don't right, do them. Right. Then he says, is there any hope in Romans? Yeah, it's through Christ Jesus. And that's the, that's the victory that we have to remind ourselves. And even though they make this, the bad choices, that they can come back. And, and I think that's the thing right. that I had a friend that uh, her, her son was doing some horrible stuff. And I, I was pastoring in Braden, Florida before I went to Apopkin and was like, out of my mouth said these words, and I never dreamed it. I never thought about it. never heard it. And it was simply, build a bridge so he can come back home on. Wow. And he did. Huh. Before he died, he got saved. And he, but if, he, if that parent would have torn that bridge down, you're not coming back in because of you did. We've all done stupid things. Right, and even right. God, the prodigal son, that he forgave us of our sins. And he put the fatted calf out there and robed us and bring and partied for us. And, but the thing is, is that somehow that, you know, and, and, and I, I tell these people, and I'm going to use a word here, and I'm sure maybe people in the audience will hear and understand what I'm saying, but triggers. And those things that trigger us to think, time, music, people. Um, and, and, and sometimes I look at these guys and I say, listen, Christmas, Thanksgiving, from, from, Thanksgiving, to, from Thanksgiving to New Year's is the highest suicide death rate in America. Why? Because of loneliness. Uh-huh. These people don't feel like they fit in. I right. talked to the head guy at the DOC one time. I didn't know who he was. I, I, was, I was a jerk. You know, hello. <laughs> you were just and, Steve being Steve. I was just being you? Steve. I was, one time, this one of them came in, and I was, I was going to take up an offering. And, and then I, they said, do you know who this is? And I said, no. They pointed. She was right under, right under the governor. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Shoot me now. But I talked to him. I said, these guys are not freak shows. They're human beings, right. and they're somebody's child. They make bad choices, yes, but they gotta. We gotta remind them that there is hope, and and I see that that's what God's doing. And and you know, um, matter of fact, I got I got my car. My wife asked me, "What what are you doing with this?" I got Narcan in my car. I said, "What the you know? You know what that is?" No. Oh, let me in, instruct you. <laughs> Somebody with opioids, and you squirt it up their nostril. If they're ha- if they're overdosing, and you just. If you find out they're overdosing, and there's a couple ways you need to find out. Squirt it up their nose. It won't hurt them, but they'll block that. Really? They can live. Huh. And so you carry that with you. Oh, I carry it with me. Because you encounter these people. Oh, we do encounter them. Yeah. And you do encounter them. It's and a matter of fact, I have a person right now in my mind, if they would have one squirt of this up their nostril, and maybe two, this person would have been alive today. Wow. Because they, she died in her car. And, and and it had it was I think it was a couple but it was mixed with fentanyl which just makes you go to sleep. Wow! And that's what happened. See, the thing about it, the reason why you have that in car is because you are going where they are I because want to. because that that's that's your passion. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. where you're driven because most people don't go those places. So, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have that in my car because more likely I'm not going where you're going. Well, it's yeah. it's a supermarket. You just don't know. I mean, really? matter of fact, you go to that, and this is what they gave an illustration. Yeah, you go to, they say a lot of, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but I do know up where we're at, up here in Hillbilly Heroin. Uh, they say you go out in the parking lot of Walmart, and you can see people nodding, and you can see people overdosing in the, in the Walmart. And you can, you, you know, there's certain things you have to do to make sure that if they are overdosing and that they are to, to react because they could die. Really? They could die. Yeah, you see him nodding, and you know, not there, and just so many little, little things. But wow, it's it's wow. Um, it's all around us, Jack. Yeah, and that's the thing, Pastor. It's all around us, and and the thing I, when I first got there, we had people look at me and say, "We don't have a problem here." And the pastor that I followed, which is a precious brother, uh, he looked at me and, it's, and it just blew me away when he said this. He said, "You know, it took." He said, "I did not know." And he pastored out for how many years? He said. I did not know, when, and then they started this church, I did not know that we had a drug problem in this area. Huh. And he said, it took an outsider to see it. Well, most people don't, though. Yeah. I mean, mo- most of us are, are not aware. I mean, you talk oh. to a policeman. Oh. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I've had police in my congregation, I think, man, you, you are really jaded. I mean, because what they deal with. Every day. And their, their perspective of life is so different than mine. And then when I'm around them, I go, wow, man, I, I wouldn't want to have to live in his skin because of what he's, I mean, the things that he's conscious of. I was because, sitting down today at a restaurant, a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Eli Hendricks. Um, 
he and I was sitting down for lunch, and I sat down, and I looked over, and this well-dressed person, nice young guy, you know, nice dressed. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't gangbanging or nothing like that. And I kept looking at his, his uh, hand, and I looked, and I said, oh, my goodness. And I looked at Eli. I said, did you see that guy's tat? He said, well, no. He said, I said, you didn't see that guy's tat? I said, he said, no. I said, he's a white supremacist. He said, what? I said, that was his tat. <laughs> he said, what? I said, yeah, that was his tat. I said, he, it was a hot summer day and he had the sleeves down. I was like, well, he could have, who knows, but. That's right. Uh, but you just, but you, I, man, I've, I've shared so much with the gospel through tattoos. This is crazy, Jack. <laughs> I mean, it sounds stupid, but you know what? I found something out. I found something out. Every tat has a story. Well, see, you and uh, Mark McNeese, who uh, used to pastor uh, Element Three, okay, because that church wasn't here when you were here. Yeah, right. But but he, he, he you and him would have a great conversation oh, about that because he says that in, in his church, he says if somebody's gonna gonna get a tattoo, he goes and sits with them. Really? Because that's the culture that he's yeah, that's where that he's he, come from. Yeah, he's he's reaching out to. And uh, and but then you got people like me. I'm just totally oblivious to it. I, all. I, if somebody asked me, "Are you going to get a tattoo?" Are you going to get a tattoo, Pastor? I said, "Heck no." Well, they said, "You think it's wrong?" I said, "No, it's your conviction." But I said, "The reason why I don't like it, I don't like a, I don't like a needle with a chainsaw motor on him." Ying, 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 ying. <laughs> no, this boy ain't getting a needle. I was getting blood one time, and I told the guy, "I said, listen, you got one chance to get blood out of myself." He said, "What?" I said, "You got one chance." He said, "Really?" I said, "One chance before you get hit by." lightning he said what i said this my other arm is called lightning right. and you've poked me hard it's coming at you partner. Words, you don't like needles there you go yeah. now you're good jack well, see, I, said, I spent four years in the navy and, oh. I, and i never got a tattoo so if i if i survived that you ain't got to put one on me now right but you know we i was out here at sunny's and this girl man she had some kind of uh celtic uh, Trinity on her arm and she was apologizing and then I saw something it was written in a different language I said tell me what you, what the tat means and she said well that's my sister and I and, and then she said this is um, you know this is something to, to do with the, you know she didn't really even realize that it was talking about the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit I started talking to her about her tat and within one minute this girl looked at me and said man she said you know i'm here now for six months i've been an alcoholic for five years and i've just come i said and i, I said i just sat there and just listened to her i said do you know who you're talking to you know what you got a minute to, oh. uh, to talk about that website that you told me you oh to thank about. you pastor <laughs> listen for those that like to visit some i got some, i've just tried some inspiration thoughts up there it's called celebrate recovery at destiny on facebook celebrate recovery at destiny or our website domtoday.com and uh, we'd love to just drop in and we just it's a time yeah. of this encouragement yeah people have been listening to this show they've been like that's a character i want to check him out that's why i want to make sure you i got problems that you've got that website <laughs> thank you pastor this has been fun anytime thank you i'm looking forward to coming back man yeah, what a blessing yeah, thank you for the privilege i know you come back in this area from time to time oh, we'll, yes we'll get together again. i'd love to so, pastor i'm so yeah. proud of you you have done such a great job yeah. of over 40 years of ministry and and i salute you well thank you uh, it's a lot of ministers yeah. today are quitting literally at 1500 a month are quitting the ministry you have been faithful for 40 years and i salute you well, thank you. you i commend you and thank you for your faithfulness well, always close the broadcast with prayer father god i thank you for brother steve and the ministry you've called him to do Lord, we pray for our country. Amen. We pray for your kingdom, O oh God. The Lord God, that it will grow and expand. We just give you the glory and the praise. And Father, we just pray for peace around the world. We pray for peace in Israel and Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. And Lord, these things we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Steve, God bless you. to have you on the ah, show. It's been awesome. Thank and you. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.